Oi, Tessie, my heart. You have to move to a place with an elevator. So, not even a hello? I have to tell you, Bubbler. You saved me. What are you talking about, Bernice? You're talking like a Meshuggah. From the heavens you came, I tell you. Mark and Buffy are hosting the Passover Seder this year. Oi, a shiksa Pesach. What's she serving? Cucumber sandwiches with a crust cut off? She's a shame, Madel. Just don't eat her kreplach. Anyway, I had no idea what to bring them and the kids. And then I remembered you telling me all about Bubble Genius, the delights they have. I found this Afi Komen wrapped matzo, the matzo-shaped unleavened bread-scented soap. Oh my god, how wonderful! And a little education for Buffy in the bargain. Too right. And they can't complain. It'll get the kids in the tub. No problem. Well, I don't want to say I told you so, but, uh, you know. We got you covered. The Bubble Genius Bob and Chez Show. There he is. Well... Yeah. What, behind the rabbit? It is the rabbit. You silly sod. What? It goes all worked up. Well, that's no ordinary rabbit. Oh. That's the most foul, cruel and bad-tempered rodent you ever set eyes on. You tit. I saw my arm and I was so scared. Look, that rabbit's got a vicious street a mile wide. It's a killer. Get He'll do you a treat, mate. Oh, yeah? Manky Scott's dick. I'm warning you. What's he do? Nibble your bum? He's got seeds sharp. He can leap about. Look at the bones. Go on, boys. Chop his head off. Right, silly little bleeder. One rabbit suit coming right up. Look. USA and covering the whole wide world. This is the Bubble Genius Bob and Chez Show. Right on! With Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza. Educates, syncopates, radio communicates, radio, the sound of year-round pleasure. Everybody complains about politicians. Everybody says they suck. Well, where do people think these politicians come from? They don't fall out of the sky. They don't pass through a membrane from another reality. They come from American parents and American families, American homes, American schools, American churches, American businesses, and American universities, and they're elected by American citizens. This is the best we can do, folks. This is what we have to offer. It's what our system produces. Garbage in, garbage out. If you have selfish, ignorant citizens, you're going to get selfish, ignorant leaders. The following podcast contains harsh language, nudity, graphic violence, adult situations, and a healthy obsession with empirical reality. The Bubble Genius Bob and Chez Show. It's Thursday, March 14th, 2013, and this is the Bubble Genius Bob and Chez Show. I'm Bob, that's Chez. We're brought to you every week, every damn week by BubbleGenius.com. Pure products, pure genius, BubbleGenius.com. And we're also brought to you by the uh, BobSeska.com Amazon link. You see it right below the logo. It says Amazon link. If you click on that link, it takes you right to Amazon, Chaz, and, and you get you, you get all your stuff that you want to buy from Amazon, only we get like a small chunk of that. 
And I, Why the hell are you telling me this? <laughs> I'm just telling you. Thanks. Uh, I'll remember that the next time I ever buy something from Amazon, which is like pretty much never. I don't think I've ever gotten anything from Amazon. I thought I'd be my courteous. Bo- my book is on Amazon. I've never gotten anything from Amazon. How did you How did you manage that? I don't know how that works. Do you have to get a uh, like a barcode on it or something or what? Uh, it's a long story. You go through uh, C- uh, CreateSpace, I think is the name of the site, and you can mm. basically have them publish a book for you. It's, you know, it works. Mm. Oh, so it's sort of on-demand publishing. Yeah, because I tried that once, um, and I thought maybe I could sell something. I, I think I had a DVD or something out, and I wanted to sell it on Amazon. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. I, I released a movie like 10 years ago, an independent movie, that I self-financed and, and self-distributed, and I wanted to put it on Amazon, and then it, it just my head started to explode and my eyes started to bleed when I started to read about um, what it requires to actually sell something independently on Amazon. Uh, at the time, there was you needed like a barcode, and you needed a special number and it cost money and it frightened me that makes sense i didn't do it i didn't do it but if you want to buy my movie i think i've got like five six copies <laughs> left Excellent. just send me an email you know but anyway uh we got boy we've got a time we're, we're starting late we're starting the show late in terms of us re- actually recording it because i was i was following along with the huffington post comments and which and this, is again how many times do i have to tell you i know oh, you ignore the peanut gallery at huffpo just I do know. it for you for your own sanity oh, but i just because lo- you no here see this is this is the this is the crap see with you especially yeah i can i mean i used to be this way i'm not saying that somehow i evolved or something it's just i i stopped doing it for my own sanity um I used to be the kind of person who, like, whenever somebody argued with me, I had to argue back. I had to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to, so, that I, so that I actually can have a life, I stopped doing that. I stopped giving a crap <laughs> about that. And my attitude really did sort of become, look, you know what? If, if my refusal to debate you means that you walk away and you get to tell all your friends that, you know, you're smarter than me, have at it. I could, care, I could not care less. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, uh, the last thing you want to do, you, somebody who, who has this bizarre obstinacy where you have to, you have to debate Glenn Greenwald about everything. I can't imagine what kind of insanity you go through reading the Huffington Post comments. How do you avoid responding to every single one of those idiots? Uh, you know, I just, I let them go, you know, and I just, I, I, but I have to observe. I can't look away. It's like a, a, a car accident with, you know, bloody people hanging out windows. Yeah. I mean, it's just. Well, I, I told you what I do, which is actually, basically, it's, I'll, it's I'll good add, fodder. I'll add to that. It's like a, it's like a bloody car accident with escaped mental patients running all around in the wreckage. Like a, like a bus to a, a mental hospital. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I just saw the first, it's not the first, but it's at the top of the list right now. The, the comment says here, if anything, micro drones are the greatest danger to liberty. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, you know, the beauty, the beauty part of it is that the, most of the people that I know on, on the internet, even people who, uh, you know, this is something I learned through, trust me, learned the hard way. Even people you think you know on the internet, you know, people you have regular conversations with, you don't really know who they are. You know, they seem perfectly rational and lucid, and you, you don't really know who they are until you actually meet them. Mm-hmm. And I've met people who, you know, I've had completely, you know, intelligent conversations with, and I thought, this is a cool person, and they've turned out to be insane, completely crazy. Yeah. And so these are people who I was willing to give the benefit of the doubt to when it came to their opinions. So when they offered an opinion to me, I was like, okay, that's somebody who, you know, that's somebody who I've talked to this person before. I know that that person has something to add to the conversation. And I turned out to be wrong about that. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine what I think of 90 
you know, 8% of the people who just leave anonymous comments or whatever yeah. ridiculous screen name comment at Huffington. I, I just could not care less what the hell you think. Well, having been in radio for a handful of years, I always loved taking calls. I mean, that was one of the things I always tried to do. Well, no matter where, what format I was working in, whether it was it talk, of course, or or music radio, I just loved like opening up that Pandora's box of crazy and and going to the phones because you have to imagine th- there are considerably more listeners than there are participants. In this case, in in case of the internet and the Huffington Post, there are considerably more readers than there are commenters, and the commenters sure. are generally the ones who just want to flail around and and snatch up as much anonymous attention for themselves as they can. They're just attention whores. Yeah, they've got they've got something really important to say, damn yeah. it, and they're going to say it. Yeah, like micro drones. Their are the, opinion matters. Micro drones are the greatest threat to liberty ever. Right. But uh, see, I wrote about just backing up a little bit. I wrote uh, a thing for the Daily Banter about this ridiculous Glenn Greenwald tweet in which he our 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 week long uh, our week long hammering of, of Glenn Greenwald <laughs> and David Sirota. It's been it's been a banner week for us at the banter. It really has. It started with uh with Ben last week and then I wrote a couple of things and then you wrote something and then I wrote something else and then you know, it's been great. I think it's been uh sort of a great kind of theme week that we've all been hammering this topic, and I think that that develops a nice reputation for the daily banter. I think that's it's a positive development. But I took one of this one of the posts I wrote for the daily banter, cross posted it over at the Huffington Post today, and it's the one with that maverick drone that that you know that local yokel police department in Monroe, North Carolina, bought a drone, and based on the tweets I saw, specifically Glenn Greenwald's tweet. You know, we got to be running for our lives from this thing. I mean, obviously, they're going to be dropping Hellfire missiles on any pot smoker in, you know, wherever the hell it is, North Carolina. But then you look at the article, and it's not. It's not that thing. It's not those crazy drones that are being deployed in the Middle East and so forth to track down terrorists. It turns out it's, well, it's a model airplane. It's like, it's like a radio-controlled toy, right? And they have, in fact, the controller looks like a PlayStation 2 controller. I mean, that's what the controller looks like. And then yeah, they- no, there was a, there was a guy. I took Anara to, uh, you know, my my kids in town. So I took Anara to the top of Mulholland, where you have that over, you know, the the big sort of famous overlook where you see all of downtown, the Hollywood signs to your left. And we went up to the very top of that, and there was a guy who had one of those, mm-hmm. who had like the, you know, the quad rotor remote control, quote unquote, drones oh, with a no! little with a little camera on it, right? And I I was immediately terrified, and and I shot it down with my own surface to air missile, <laughs> which in this case which, was which, a- which by the way, un- unlike uh, you know. <laughs> You know, like the missiles in uh, during wartime when they write, like, you know, uh, this is for 9-11 on the side of them, whatever. I actually wrote, this is from Glenn on the side of mine when I shot down the, uh, when I shot down the, the little remote control drone thing that the guy had. I've got an actual sound. This is the sound of the little, little drone. Uh, it's, that sounds dangerous, doesn't it? Like <laughs> I mean, Inara in thought it was the coolest thing ever. And, of course, I, I then... Her making that mistake of thinking that it was really cool, I had to immediately sit her down and, you know, 
spit, spit out a long didactic uh, <laughs> argument to her about how dangerous it was and how they were coming for our liberty and, and she needs to immediately I, I made a tinfoil hat for her you know and I put it on and, and we locked ourselves in the basement that's so great that's so great yeah I mean that's about right that's about right I mean that's the tone you gotta take in, in a case of something like this this ridiculous tweet it was you know it's just it's it's adding fuel to this hysteria. And, and yes, granted, there are things about the drone program that we need to be really, really worried about. We need to keep an eye on this stuff. But in this case, this is, this is absolutely ridiculous. It's a tiny drone that you throw into the air. And right. then you, it's not a drone. It's a remote control airplane. That's right. With a fancy camera on it. There are no weapons can, on you it. You can buy one of those things now at the sharper image. That's <laughs> that's right. I mean, I used to fly this thing. There were there was this hardware store near where I used to live, and they used to sell these awesome radio-controlled planes called Yellow Bees. And I used to take this thing out, and it was basically made of styrofoam. And you put it together, and then you launch it in the air. It was like forty bucks this thing, and I could fly that thing like it seemed like it was half a mile in the air. Then you fly it around. And I knew some guys, you know, you can see the videos on YouTube. Some guys would attach little, you know, little wireless cameras and stuff to their remote control planes. And they would take sort of El Cheapo aerial footage, you know. And that's, that's basically what this is. This is basically like a cheaper uh, unmanned helicopter, you know. If you don't want to spend right. the money to have a helicopter and a helicopter pilot and probably all the commensurate insurance and liability that goes along with something like that you buy one of these things now granted it's forty four thousand dollars it's a really really expensive toy airplane but they're not dropping hellfire missiles on people but they could that's yeah, the thing they, they could. could and they and, can be they can be retrofitted so that you can put uh you know put machine guns on the side of them yeah and and, and you know they are the, the wings the greatest threat to liberty in america You know what I mean? The you know, beauty the beauty part about it is you know it's it's basic it's the serenity prayer. You accept the things that you can't change. And there are certain things that that obviously you want to be smart about like you said you want to you know you want to look into it and and uh and make sure that uh there's a certain amount of regulation, a certain amount of oversight. But when it comes to drone technology, you're not going to stop it. It, it. It's impossible to stop. Yeah. So you'd better learn to, you know, to provide some decent oversight, nothing wrong with that, and, and accept it. Accept that this is the new technology. Yeah. You, your choice is you accept it, or I joked about it, but it's true. You accept it, or you go hide in your basement. That's yeah. it. Simple as that. Because drones are here to stay. And, I, you know, I make a big deal on the website. Unmanned, unmanned aircraft, let's put it that way. Yeah, I mean, I make a big deal on the website about robots, but, scary robots. but it's, yeah, like creepy, scary robots, like that four-legged dog robot that has all the herky-jerky motions and that, that crazy DARPA robot that drops and, and, and just starts doing 20 push-ups in a weird, awkward, sort of uncanny valley kind of way. Right. But, but, but I'm, I'm kind of just kidding. It's not like suddenly, you know, by complaining about robots, they're going to say, you know, you know what? Screw this. Let's stop with the robots. We're not going to make any more robots because yeah, some people it's, it's are. It's the end of uh, it's the final scene in the in the new Battlestar Galactica series <laughs> where like where, you know, uh, they realize that, you know, they kind of look at humans and they say, all right, we're building robots that are going to be our own demise, which I mean, that's been a trope for years. Yeah. 
Well, certainly. And, but, but I mean, what we do need to do, obviously, with robots or drones or anything like that, is establish rules. Establish rules of of, in terms of how they actually get used. And, and no, one's, yeah. no one's arguing against that. And I, right. I mean, we had, there was an entire, you know, I have a friend of mine who's an entertainment attorney. And, and I mean, his work is, is all about the changes that have come in copyright law since the Internet was created. Mm. There had to be an entirely new segment, an entirely new facet of the law with all new questions because, of course, the Internet came about. Yeah. And it's going to be the same damn thing with drones. It's a new kind of technology. Mm. It's going to have to be, you know, there will have to be creative thinkers when it comes to uh, legality of it and when it comes to oversight and that kind of thing. It's just, that's just the bottom line. But you can't stop it. Yeah. It just, it just drives me nuts. Nuts when something like this is blown all out of proportion. And, and you know, the, and- the sad thing is that I know what you, you want to, like, we're, we're sitting here and, and I know that people would accuse us of, oh, we're not taking something very seriously that needs to be taken seriously. And I'm always willing to say my reaction is a response to, you know, balancing out the complete insanity of the other side. Yeah. You know, the Glenn Greenwalds and the David Sirotas, who all they write about is that. I mean, Sirota and his, you know, how dare the U.S. elites, you know, make fun of, you know, uh, co- you know, not take seriously murdered children. I'm like, okay, dude, all right, enough. Yeah. Look, you know what? I got, I got really horrible news for you. Um, the, you know, war, people die, and we would be killing people regardless. Whether I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm saying from a completely amoral standpoint, yeah. we're going to be killing people regardless whether it's done with drones or it's done with manned aircraft. That's period. right. That's right. And in this case, in this case, so this uh, this teeny tiny little drone. I mean, there are there are toys at Toys R Us that are bigger than this little thing. I mean, this is a, by the way, that's not the real sound. That's from the Jetsons, but kind of, kind of, kind of what I imagine it to sound like. It kind of does sound. It sounds like a. Uh, it sounds like one of those oscillating fans. Yeah. That's what this yeah. this drone, the drone, this remote control thing that this guy had. That's what it sounded like. It sounded like an oscillating fan. That's right. And it's that's like, right. and that's and it takes off and flies away. Yeah. And he takes and he was taking pictures of like, uh, you know, like the Hollywood Hills. That's right. I mean, you know, which, look. which if he's smart, actually, he probably flew that thing down to one of the houses in the Hollywood Hills and probably shot you know people having, you know, doing porn on the back patio. And you literally could. I mean, it is small enough that you could feasibly, if it if it flew up to you, you could thwack that thing out of the air with a tennis racket. I mean, yeah. you could just knock it clean to the ground. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know what it's made of. It's probably made of some sort of foam material that's that's lightweight, you know. So because to compensate for probably what amounts to a lot of electronics inside, it's just. Stupid! It just, just stupid wait, to make this seem wait, like, dude. Just wait till the NRA gets a hold of it. Gets a hold of this as an issue <laughs> and starts right. seriously. Start. I was joking, but starts pushing for like you know we have a right to own surface-to-air missiles to protect ourselves from government drones. <laughs> Got to take a break. Uh, back after this. Genius Bob and Chez Show. Okay, so, and you know, I wrote this thing uh, in, the, in the Daily Banter, and then on the Huffington Post with uh, sort of a, you know, kind of a, with a tone that kind of matched the ridiculousness of, of Greenwald's original tweet about this stupid North Carolina Police Department drone. Uh, he calls it drone proliferation, as if, as if they're dealing in... Uh, you know, nuclear warheads. But I took this uh, sort of tongue-in-cheek tone, and that was that was sort of on the heels of your just 
F Sirota, F Green. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, and then so what? What happened after that? You got Sirota noticed it because he was uh, he was no, searching Sir- his own oh, name. Well, this gets off track a little bit, but yeah, Sirota noticed it. But look, you know, I'm not I'm not defending the guy, but admittedly, um, Goldie Taylor. MSNBC contributor retweeted my my piece on Sirota and Greenwald and the drones, and my piece was scathing. You know, I mean, I really, I just came, I just came out and said, you know, that, you know, Sirota and, and Greenwald. You can believe that. Um, but yeah, I mean, and she and she retweets it, and admittedly, I was like, you know, at first it didn't really, uh, it didn't really, you know, catch my eye. It didn't really dawn on me, but. As I started looking at it, I'm like, mm, wow, you know, like he responded really pissed off. And, you know, Sirota got a hold of it and responded really upset. And I'm just, I'm kind of like, wow, you know what? An MSNBC contributor basically putting her name to something that is that caustic is kind of ballsy. I mean, I think it's yeah. cool, but certainly I understand where he, you know, where, where he got the vapors and, uh, you know, Miss Scarlet had to fan herself. But yeah, he just, the indignation for Sirota went off the charts. And he was, that's where he was like, you know, you U.S. elites, um, you know, how dare, how dare we talk about murdered children? Um, you know, and then Goldie Taylor just tore him apart, eviscerated him for basically being a rich white guy who lives in Denver, yeah. who had the nerve to call her an elite. That's so, right. yeah, I mean, you know, it was, it just, it turned into, it turned into a really, I mean, a really entertaining deal. And the fun part about it is I never actually got dragged into it. That's the really interesting thing. <laughs> I mean, right. Sirota retweeted me uh, and Sirota, you know, Sirota third party, you know, called my piece. Um, oh, my God. What did he call it? I like I, I infantile posted, or I po- something like that. Infantile. I po- no, I posted it as, a, as the, like the quote of the day yesterday. Yeah. And it was uh, it was a a pure prof- a screed of pure profane um personal invective Invective. and i'm like well actually yeah that's exactly what it was but he's it's funny because he's criticizing what i wrote but at no point did he actually respond to me and funny enough he retweeted me and at no point did any of his fans which is a real shock because you know how it is man when greenwald or sirota like you know the one of those firebagger types retweets you Mm. immediately their little acolytes descend on you yeah well nobody i mean nobody came back at me. It was really surprising. In fact, one person who, you know, the, the banter article follows the number of times that you're mentioned. And somebody actually wrote, they're like, like has David Sirota not figured out that, that Ches Pazienza has a Twitter account? <laughs> and, you know, and when I wrote about it yesterday, the reason, the rationale is incredibly obvious. Sirota is the, is the king of self-promotion. Yeah. He's always hawking that stupid book of his. <laughs> you know, he's, he's always talking about his radio show. He's always, you know, he's like, the joke I made at one point is he's sort of like, He's like the orphans, that gang in, in the Warriors that carried around their press clippings to prove how cool they were. Like, you know, we started this fire. Here, look at this. Here, see this, man? Yeah, our social worker says we're dangerous. You know, because I remember at one point, like, I, he engaged, I engaged him really briefly over his ridiculous book um, uh, that, that basically posits that our entire political – I love this. And, and it's, I, at first I read it, and I'm like, it's got to be satirical, and it's not. His book posits that our entire political climate now, the sort of whatever the sort of right-wing climate we've seen, is the result of movies like Ghostbusters and Die Hard from the 80s. That's and right. everything is a product of the 80s. <laughs> and it's just, it's just the most ridiculous, ridiculous theory to, to put out there. It really is. Um, yeah, and so – you know, I was just I, I, one time that I talked to him. I, I think I said I'm like I kind of made fun of his book a little bit, and he came right back at me with, "Well, you know, millions of people think you're wrong. The New York Times called it like this, and you know, and it's a bestseller." I mean, that was his defense. His defense was like a blurb, 
and the fact that people have bought it. Yeah. I'm like, wow, okay, thanks, dude. What? So anyway, I mean, my, my point was, my point of all this was, the reason he didn't come back at me is because I'm a nobody. There's nothing to be gained by getting into a Twitter battle with me. He'd be punching down. Um, by, by engaging with Goldie Taylor, he's actually, you know, they're, I don't know if I'd call them contemporaries, but at least, you know, at least she's somebody who's known. So he's getting a lot more publicity mileage out of going head to head with her, even the, considering the fact that she eviscerated him. And she did. She just almost almost objectively, you know, without mm-hmm. putting any, uh, um, you know, my own spin on. She just ripped him to shreds. Yeah. She really did. And, and, you know, and so, yeah, I mean, that's the only reason I can think of. But, no, he had a, he had a fit. He blew a gasket, but I got none of the backlash from it. That's funny because, I mean, that's a big difference between Sirota and Greenwald. I mean, Greenwald will go after anybody, anybody yeah, who, will. I mean, and that's why it's, it's so easy for me to kind of get into these battles. With how, how amusing is it that he's got some, so much in common? We talk about that, you know, the, the lack, the horseshoe or circular shape of the political spectrum. <laughs> how, how interesting that he has so much in common with Andrew Breitbart. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, down. I mean, for God's sake, look at, I mean, I'm beginning to really, really relate to guys like uh, Charles Johnson from Little Green Footballs or, um, or uh, David Frum, yeah. who, who has kind of been shouted down by the far, in their case, the far right wing and, have, and, and kind of feels a little bit, I don't know, I don't want to say divorced, but uh, ostracized by you know a certain extremist right. faction of the party, but, but, but of the, good, of the side. good, good. Yeah. There's you know I'm sorry, but there's good there. I think that the fringes are the fringes for a reason, and they should be pushed as far to the fringes as possible. I think you're further to the left than I am, no doubt about it. Oh yeah, but it, but at the same time, you know you're sensible, you're pragmatic when you need to be. You know that that. This pie in the sky utopian progressive ideal looks great on paper, but you can't sell it, and nothing happens if you can't sell it. Otherwise, it's just an ideal, and nothing you know. And that's the problem with these people. You know, whether you're far left or far right, you're approaching things from the perspective of this is what I want to see. Damn it! Well, guess what? You're never going to get it because this country is divided politically. Yeah. So suck it up, take the victories you can, try to compromise, and we'll have a country that runs. You may not love everything, but I guarantee you'll get a pretty good amount of what you want. Well, this is one of the reasons I've been writing so much about drones. I think you know, just trying to kind of analyze or self-analyze my my thought process and and, and writing about this thing. Maybe, I mean, almost half a dozen times in the last week, for God's sake. Yeah, it's um, a good topic. Yeah, but I mean, I, I'm just I think what concerns me most about you know, basically, if you want to call it sides, my own side is the rampant groupthink, the group hysteria that's happening the mass panic over this topic because you know and again this kind of fuels something that you often talk about with regards to twitter and social media how this stuff is all all just taken fully at face value rather than clicking through and that was kind of the ultimate point of what i wrote uh for the daily banter and then cross-posted at the huffington post with regards to this little you know this little stupid toy drone you know because it was just the, the, the way that gets fed into the machine by Glenn Greenwald and others makes people think automatically, oh, holy crap, 
You know, these little right. local yokel police departments are going to have drones now, and they're going to come after us with missiles and blow us out of the sky without due process. I mean, that's the implication that you get from these people. That's the, you know, the implied consequence, and then right. thus makes people panic and think that there's all kinds of trespasses against civil liberties. And then you click through and you realize it's a toy that they go after just like, you know, they would use just like a traffic helicopter or some sort of, you know, police department tool. And so that's, yeah, no, that's, exactly. it's the, it's the group thing that I think concerns me more than, than anything else, you know, with regards to this. And, and I feel like the, look, I, I believe so much in the, in the liberal cause and so many liberal issues and liberal solutions that I just, it annoys me when we get sidetracked with this silly nonsense, especially when the nonsense is circled around a toy for God's sake. It's a toy. Yeah. Ugh. So it gets it's gets just extraordinarily frustrating in so many ways. And then you know, and then I constantly have to qualify myself. Yeah. Well, you know, I think you know what, ultimately I think you should send you need to send like a gift basket or something to Goldie Taylor for being a, a lightning rod. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, the interesting thing, you know, when I tried to read through, I don't know whether I don't think Goldie blocked me. I didn't find, you know, I read what people had sent me, but Sirota blocked me on Twitter, which is funny when? because uh, to, like when I for the hell of it, I decided. Well, let me read what he's what he's writing, and I clicked on it. It wouldn't let me, and you know Weird. it said you've been you've been blocked, and I'm like, well, okay, uh, which which made me laugh because I've never reached out to him on Twitter. You know how I feel about Twitter in general. I use it basically once in a while to talk to people I know and to push the you know links to the stuff that I write aside from that I don't get into it with people on Twitter and yeah and again the even more than that I don't get into Twitter fights I will I, I do not like Twitter fights so it's funny that right off the bat he blocked me oh god hey you know what we're late for a break we'll be back uh, with more right after this and, you know actually blocking blocking someone on Twitter that's basically like the uh, the social media equivalent of going, nah, 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 I'm not listening, I'm not listening. Because people can still go and see your feed if they just go to your actual Twitter feed, for God's sake. You know, it's just such a, a wimp, you know, move. It really is. Ugh. I think I've been blocked. I, I think I've been blocked by one person that I'm aware of. Lance Armstrong. Lovely. Uh, anyway, hey, uh, we're brought to you every week by BubbleGenius.com, the best damn bath and body products you can ever, ever purchase. And they're right there on the Internet. They're as easy as a click away. Just go to BubbleGenius.com. That's B-U-B-B-L-E-G-E-N-I-U-S.com. And uh, they've got uh, the most creative, sort of vegan, um, all-natural bath and body products. And they're it's affordable. It's... Uh, liberally owned women owned so you want to go and check them out and uh, coming up after the uh, the commercial from Bubble Genius I have a promo code to save you 15% off right after this Oi Tessie my heart you have to move to a place with an elevator so not even a hello I have to tell you Bubbler you saved me what are you talking about Bernice you're talking like a Meshuggah from the heavens you came I tell you Mark and Buffy are hosting the Passover Seder this year. Oh, ya shiksa Pesach! 
What's she serving? Cucumber sandwiches with a crust cut off? She's a shame and madel. Just don't eat her kreplach. Anyway, I had no idea what to bring them and the kids. And then I remembered you telling me all about Bubble Genius, the delights they have. I found this Afi Komen wrapped matzo, the matzo-shaped unleavened bread scented soap. Oh my god, how wonderful! And a little education for Buffy in the bargain. Too right. And they can't complain. It'll get the kids in the tub. No problem. Well, I don't want to say I told you so, but, uh, you know. We got you covered. Shove Bob and Chez into your pants and haul them around with you wherever you go. Subscribe to the Bob and Chez Show in the podcast section on iTunes. Your promo code is Bob and Chez, B-O-B-A-N-D-C-H-E-Z. Type that in when you go to check out at BubbleGenius.com. You get 15% off everything you purchase there. Hey, Mr. Music, lovely. Jeez, hold on. Should I say something? <laughs> that scared what? the hell out of me. Hey, Mr. Music, lovely. Okay. Sonara. Okay. <laughs> yes, that's Sonara. Yes. Oh, that's great. I'm, try- I'm, try- I'm sitting here trying to untie like a little, a little knot. For so I don't know something she gave yeah. just all the all the little perils of father. <laughs> I got the little stupid things you're expected to do that you just can't do. Yeah. Oh, she sounds adorable. She is always adorable. Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe when we do the after party, we can get her to record another uh, welcome another to the drop. After party. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it'd be great. But the, I mean, the pictures of her, my God, sir! If you're not taking her around to some uh, some reputable agents in the Los Angeles area. You know, it's weird. I'm like, I, I've thought about that. Believe me, she's all, you know, showing off and posing now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, certainly we could probably pay for a damn college. But <laughs> I'm also terrified of having her go down any kind of road like that, especially yeah. considering that she lives in Dallas. Dear God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because then she gets back imagine there. imagine what that will be like in Dallas. Yeah. Ugh. It's all about context. You do that in Los Angeles and it's, you know, it's a little bit reputable. You take it to yeah. Dallas and suddenly it's toddlers and tiaras. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, speaking of toddlers and tiaras, CPAC is going on right now. Huh, yeah. How do you like that? I, I've been paying any attention to it, but I've been reading some of the tweets. Well, here uh, I've got some of the best quotes. I mean, we're on day one, and already I've got like four really ridiculous quotes from. Yeah, the, I saw. I saw your suspects. Louis Gohmert and that idiot Alan West. Yeah, that Louis, psychopath. Louis Gohmert says, "I'm not going to debate the merits of whether we should or should not have gone to Vietnam." <laughs> We're talking about Vietnam still, but what no, I do that's there it is. That's that th- I'm telling you, man. That's that thing that I um uh, that I wrote about about Paul Ryan's budget and the thing I've been talking about quite a bit lately. They never let anything go. They never. They never. They are. It's interesting because they have more in common with their enemies, the sort of you know the the Arabs overseas who are still celebrating victories from like you know three millennia ago <laughs> or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, I mean these guys are still talking about Soviets. I mean that's this is all in the last year. I mean, how many times last year in 2012 did we hear one Republican or another refer to Russia as the Soviets? Yeah, it's, it's just astonishing. It really is. The Soviets. I was 18 years old when that Berlin Wall came down and the Soviet Union dissipated. And I'm 41 now. This is so ridiculous, the Soviets. Well, so Gomert says, I'm not going to debate the merits of whether we should or should not have gone to Vietnam. But I'm going to now anyway. No, nah, he didn't say that. But, but I will tell you this, is Vietnam was winnable, but people in Washington decided we would not win it. 
So it's again like the same. It's like like setting the wayback machine to 1971, for God's sake. Ah, uh, those those guys, those politicians not, in Washington. Now, I'm not saying that you know. I'm not saying that he. Uh, you know, I'm not saying anything uh, anything negative here. But Lincoln could have ducked. Oh my God! But the politicians in Washington decided that we could not, or that we would not win it. I don't know what what more. Are you mean we didn't bomb Cambodia and Laos enough? Yeah. God, I mean, what? just com- completely detached from reality. I mean, I don't know what he's implying here. Is he implying that we should have nuked North Vietnam? Probably, honestly, probably. I mean, look. I mean, where are we now? I mean, Vietnam is is becoming. You know, basically, he's a trade partner now. Yep. <laughs> what is he still bitching about, for God's sake? Vietnam? It's amazing, uh, isn't it? All these hippies these days. And their yeah, love that's, children. And that's, it, that's it exactly, all these hippies. Free love. He, he's, he's still hung up on that. They're still, they're still fighting battles from decades and decades ago. And They're still refighting Roe v. Wade. They're mm. still fighting to, to you know, scrap Social Security. Mm. They're, you know, I, like I said about uh, uh, Paul Ryan's, I said on the, I'm bantering on uh, my own site this week, Paul Ryan's comment about how basically his budget assumes that there will be no Obamacare, that it'll be, it'll be <laughs> repealed. And, 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 you know, and I'm like, he knows something that his political adversaries don't know, which is whether or not they're able to overturn it quickly, they will never stop fighting to. Yeah. Well, 40 years from now, we're still going to be arguing about this. Louis Gomer went on to say that the Beatles need to cut their hair. That was uh, yeah, weird. exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, speaking of Obamacare, uh, Ted Cruz said that uh, unless uh, Obamacare is defunded, the government's going to shut down. They're just going to let the government shut down. Unless they defund Obamacare, for God's sake. Oh, by the way, you see Byron York's column? Byron York made a case that Ted Cruz is, in fact, eligible to run for president, even though he was born in Canada. Hmm. Because, his mo- because his mother is an American citizen. And the fact that he was born in a different country is irrelevant. Right. He's because- a Republican. Yeah. That's it. It goes as far as that. Right. He's eligible to run because he's a Republican. Because, uh, you know... Byron York, who's an asshole, happens to agree with his politics. That's right. And, but if his name was Ahmed Cruz, oh, we'd be thinking, <laughs> we'd be thinking twice about that. <laughs> He'd be cleaning the toilets at the state house. <laughs> One last break. Back after this. The Bubble Genius Bob and Chez Show with Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza. So uh, back to CPAC here. Um, Alan West today said, Folks, I'm speaking from experience when I tell you there is nothing on this green earth that a liberal progressive fears more than a black American who wants a better life and a smaller government. There's nothing, nothing. Liberal progressives fear more. Well, I tell you what they do fear more. Drones. Drones. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you know, it's so funny. These guys, they they just don't pay attention to what's happening on the left. They just make stuff up. Well, look, there's lots of material they could glean from. 
they want to find out what the left fears. You don't have to look very far. You don't have to. Oh, ma- I know, because the because le- the left fears everything. <laughs> you don't have to make anything up. We no, fear- but that's. I mean, that's the the thing that I said about Rand Paul's ridiculous filibuster, his PR stunt. Yeah, is that he. You know, I, I guarantee you that in addition to attempting to improve his Q score ahead of 2016, you know, he's smart enough to know that this is a scandal as opposed to teleprompters and birtherism <laughs> and all that other crap. This is a scandal, if you want to, I, scandal with quotes around it, that has the potential to have actual legs. Yeah. It's something that can break free of the, the echo chamber of the conservative entertainment complex. Mm-hmm. You know, so by playing that up, it's actually a very smart thing to do. Yeah. Speaking of scandal, I heard that the Benghazi, the Benghazi Gate meetup or whatever they were doing, the panel on Benghazi, was a real snooze fest. Like, not even the, the far right wing nuts, you know. The so guys does that with, mean it's finally dying? The guys with uh, John Boehner face paint and stuff, the really, the really big super fans. Um, they just weren't getting into it. That's what I saw happen on. Uh, at CPAC today, there's just—I mean, I guess you know it's it, it because it's it's nonsense. The whole thing is not the Benghazi thing is just nonsense. Yeah. It's it's a non-story. It was from the very beginning, and you know, and I and we've talked about this a couple times. I feel bad about being the person who, because of this insanity, being put in the position to basically downplay the deaths of four Americans because that is a big deal. Mm-hmm. It really is, but there is no scandal there. Yeah. It's not that it isn't important, but there's no scandal there. Well, no, what you have to do is you have to compartmentalize it, you know, in the context of other attacks on U.S. embassies. Yeah, we, we you know, I've said this a couple times, written this a couple times, we undertake diplomacy in some very, very dangerous parts of the world where there are people who don't like us, and death is omnipresent. Yeah. The potential for violence is always, always there. So this is the cost, you know, people being killed on occasion, hurt. You know, they're very brave men and women who do this job. It's the cost of doing business. It's terrible. It's an unfortunate cost, and anything that can be done to avoid it should, but make no mistake, you know, there's nothing anyone could have done to prevent this crap, That's to, right. to prevent every instance of it. You know, I was, um, and this is a, a pretty big tangent looping back around to what we were talking at the top of the show, but, um, you know, Greenwald released this, you talk about egomania, released sort of a frequently asked questions thing about himself, where he, where he presents myths. Oh, God, I wish I could have had, I would have had so much fun with that. There's, he presents myths about himself, and then he debunks these myths, these Greenwald myths. And one of the ones has to do with his support for Rand Paul, where he says, you know, I, I'm, just, I'm just supporting this one thing. That doesn't mean I support everything. Which, you know, fair enough. But, but why, why does Rand Paul, Rand Paul, who questioned Hillary Clinton about a ridiculous consp- Benghazi conspiracy theory in which Chris Stevens, the late Chris Stevens, killed in that attack, was running guns from Al-Qaeda-sympathetic Libyan rebels to Al-Qaeda-sympathetic Syrian rebels. So the, and, and this is the guy that Glenn Greenwald supports. Right. This is no, and, it's not that this is the guy that Glenn Greenwald supports. It's, and this is what I said in the piece that I wrote about Greenwald and Sirota. This is the guy that Greenwald and guy, guys like Greenwald and Sirota give the benefit of the doubt to. Yeah. Instead of giving it to a president who... Right. Yeah, you don't like, you don't like the drone program? Fine. I get it. I get it. I do. Yeah. I swear. Mm-hmm. But... You beat him up mercilessly. He's a tyrant. He's, you know, I mean, just that's all Greenwald writes about. Yeah. And you are willing to overlook 
the, all the all the awful sins of a, a jackass like Rand Paul. But you, but you, Obama doesn't get a break on anything ever. That's that's so dead on right. Yeah, that's exactly, and that was the point I was leading up to. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. The uh, the benefit of the doubt is not equal on both sides. And he says, you know, well, you know, Rand Paul does horrendous things. Well, so does Barack Obama. But I mean, if you if you list the horrendous things, my God, you think Rand Paul will ever 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 vote to overturn DOMA? No. Do you think, did he vote to overturn Don't Ask, Don't Tell? No. Does he want to institute a, a personhood amendment? Yes. Which would criminalize women who have abortion? Yes. And was it, was it you who said that every time Rand Paul, I can't remember, every time Rand Paul does give Barack Obama any credit, it's this, this holding his nose, begrudging, cond- you know, yeah. it's the condescending kind of... Uh, um, you know, like everything else he does, condescending kind of of acknowledgement yeah. that he's done something good, right? So you know, it's 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 M, it's M on Girth on the balcony deciding which Jew not to shoot. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, I, always, I would I spare you. It's it's good job, Mr. President, but but and there's always a huge but in the mix there. Oh, by the way, did I just violate? I violated Godwin's law, didn't I? I didn't bring up Hitler, but I brought up the Nazis. I guess that's close enough. <laughs> oh God. That's how we'll be hearing about that. But I don't know how we got off on this tangent, but back to the CPAC quotes. Marco Rubio had a, had a couple of gems today. Just because I believe that states should have the right to define marriage in a traditional way does not make me a bigot. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Because that's what all the, uh, all the anti-miscegenation people used to say 100 years ago. Just because I don't think black people and white people should get married, that doesn't make me a bigot. Does it? Right, exactly. <laughs> yes. I don't like the Negro. That doesn't make me a bigot. No, not at all. Them, uh, them Negroes trying to shack up with our white women. Can't have that. We've got to make some laws to say, no, no. That's right. Uh, Negroes can't, they, they, they can't, they can't be uh, marrying our white women. So, uh, but, but that doesn't make me a bigot. No, 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 no. No. This is so stupid. Doesn't make mm-hmm. me a bigot. Okay. Oh, for, oh, take your word for it, Marco. I guess you're not a bigot. That settles it. <laughs> yeah. He also said, uh, "This is great." This he's not. Of, a, he's not an angry or violent bigot, <laughs> but he. But he is someone who is obviously suffers from prejudice. Yeah. You know, it's 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 splitting hairs over the over the the you know the words yeah. over the wording. Yeah. <laughs> he also said. Um, we don't need a new idea, we meaning the Republicans. We don't need a new idea. The idea is America, and it still works. Yeah, okay. Good God. That's really, you know what? That'll be on bumper stickers from coast to coast. Right. It's America, and it still works. It's America. The idea is America, and it still works. Yeah. That's, like, that's torn right out of a Lee Greenwood song. Oh my God! Exactly. Yeah, I can already I can already see the uh, when I go back home to visit my parents, the rednecks at the local bar in Sebring standing up and putting their hands on their heart when they sing that. And the ideas, America, and, and it still works. Whole works. <laughs> Freedom costs a buck five. Yeah, we don't need a new idea. Yes, yes, you do. See, that's the problem. They're just gonna. They're going to put the same ideas oh, dude. into new packages. 
Oh, dude, that's again the thing that I that I wrote for Banter about the Paul Ryan zombie budget. It's yeah. the you know the same thing, uh, same thing we've seen over and over again. I think I said what is I said that. <clears throat> The the Ryan budget has become like the Lord of the Rings. You know, you get a, a, an epic film back to back. You get a new one every year. You know, every year at the same time. Here comes the you know the next installment of the Romney budget. It's always pretty much the same. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, my my one of the the points that I made in that is that they they don't believe that they're wrong. They they never believe that they're wrong. In fact, exactly the opposite. They're always right. And whoever. The other side, even if it, even if its ideas are accepted by the people, even if it won, if it was voted in the legislation, if their if their um, uh, their candidate was voted in, it's just well, you know what? It's illegitimate, and the Republicans just need to try harder when it comes to messaging. Yeah, the packaging. It's all about the packaging. We just need to message better. <sighs> no, you don't need to message. You know, you can put uh, you can put a, a a red bow around a pile of. Shit. It's still going to be a pile of. Shit. Well, you know what? And speaking of of piles of. Shit, First of all, the congressional Republicans, I don't know if you noticed this, but a lot of pundits uh, in the traditional press have been talking about how uh, President Obama has a, has a bit of an approval rating crisis, like he's slipping a little bit. Well, according to several polls, his approval rating is the same as it was on Election Day, for God's sake. Secondarily, you know where the Republicans are? I think the Republican, the congressional Republican approval rating is at 23 percent. Disapprove, 72 percent. Yeah, seventy-two percent. They don't know. Yeah, but 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 it's very important for the media to play every to to do, do the both sides meme. Mm-hmm. You know, there's well, you know what the president's president's approval ratings are dropping. Oh, and by the way, here are the Republicans are. Yeah, <laughs> it's the way it is, man. They don't need new ideas. No. <laughs> ridiculous, ridiculous. Well, they 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 kind of do. I mean, look at the, the there was this, this this thing I wrote about today where they. Uh, uh, Tim Griffin, Re- Representative Tim Griffin and Michelle Bachman are co-sponsoring a bill to eliminate the quote-unquote Obama phone program. Yeah. You know, because th- this, this program where uh, uh, people who are on welfare or Social Security, uh, low-income people who have to jump through hoops to qualify, are, can, can receive a free cell phone with a lim- very limited number of minutes. You know, they can use this in case of emergency. They can call an ambulance if they get you know, injured or sick, or they can use it to uh, get callbacks for a job interview. Important stuff. People need phones in a telecommunications age, right? If they can't afford a phone, why should they be left behind? This program was started in 1984 by Ronald Reagan. It was augmented in 1996 by Bill Clinton, and then again in 2008 by George W. Bush. But now somehow it becomes an Obama phone because some Breitbart acolyte went to, to a, a Romney rally and, and videotaped a, a, a counter-protester, a pro-Obama counter-protester, who kind of incoherently was ranting about getting an Obama phone in exchange for, you know... Right, and she was, she was a black woman, wasn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Well, there you go. It's like a, a great big sort of, you know, racist dog whistle. And so the Republicans, just like Acorn, just like Planned Parenthood, one of these Breitbart videos gets blown way out of proportion. And now we have this law to eliminate the program. <laughs> even though it's, it's doing a valuable service. Now, even if it was, even if it was funded by taxpayer money, which it's not, it would still be a valuable service. It would still be, you know... Pennies on the dollar in terms of how much it costs versus the benefits that it could provide. 
right? But no, I mean, not yeah. a single cent comes from taxpayer money. This is all funded by the telecommunications companies. You know? No, the, th- the thought is to achieve, the idea is to achieve social Darwinism. Right. And, you know, sink or swim. And if you don't, you know, we, gi- we give you no help whatsoever. We don't, you know, we don't give you even, even the, the absolute basics to be able to pull yourself up and get the job that you need and, and contribute to society. Yeah. Screw you. You're on your own. Well, and also provides a, a benefit insofar as, you know, people like Michelle Bachman can really jazz up their white racist, right. you know, no, exactly. resentful base and get them to, oh, yeah, I got rid of them Obama phones. Right. I was, you know, freeloading poor people taking my money trust, that I Trust earned. me, if that had been a white guy yeah. who talked about voting for, you know, for Obama to get a phone, none of this crap would be happening. No, of course not. Of course not. You know, when, when that guy, whoever the hell it was who worked for Breitbart, got that shot, he walked away going, yes. Yeah. I mean, he was there. I got it. I got the, I got the gold on tape right there, buddy. Mm-hmm. Someone commented that, uh, that it is, in effect, a tax because the government mandates that the telecoms uh, pump money into this, this nonprofit fund to make sure that uh, there's money to provide the phones. All through private industries, by the way. Track phone, safe link. Yeah, but you know what? If you punish the telecommunication companies by making them donate to this, then that's jobs. They're not going to hire more people, and we're punishing big business, and yeah. we're uh, a bunch of crap. Yeah, well, you know, I looked on my AT&T cell phone bill, and you know what my, my contribution, my monthly contribution to the fund is? If you even want to call it that, 49 cents. Oh, stop. Hey, it's 49 cents you don't have. Stop the press. It's 49 cents. God. God. Liberty. Give liberty. They're, 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 they're taking away our liberty. Because that 49 cents a month that you have to pay. That's 49 cents I can use for, you know, to put toward my, my pa- pouch of chew. Yeah. But you know what? You don't have to have, if you don't want to pay it, you don't have to have a goddamn cell phone. So you don't have to pay the quote-unquote tax. It's not, you know what? It's not a tax. Because you know why? Because when you pay your phone bill, you're not just paying for that. You're paying for salaries for the workers that work for that company. You're paying for their infrastructure. You're paying for their liability insurance. You're paying for all that stuff. Is that a tax? Stuff that they're required to do. They're required to pay their workers and and provide them with a safe work environment by the government. Is this all a tax? Are we being screwed? No, no. This yeah, is yeah, but actually, see, that's the problem because they shouldn't be. Uh, the government shouldn't step in and tell them they have to provide anything to the workers. That's uh, regulation and restriction. Yeah, okay. What's restricting this country from being great? Damn it, stands away capitalism. Oh God. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening to the Bob and Ron Paul show. <laughs> huh. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, it's just. Uh... Anyway, but yeah, and I also got the comment that the, the Obama administration is actually. Uh, bloated the program higher levels than it's been ever before. Of course. They're actually reducing the the spending on the program. Actually streamlining it. Make it better. More efficient. Not bloating it out of control. Alright, hey, the after party is uh, Friday, noon Eastern. Subscribe on the website. You can do it. BobSeska.com It's $6 a month. Cancel at any time. 
And uh, all the, the fun and antics we didn't get to on the free show will be uh, on the after party. Hey, take care, everybody. Bye-bye.